0: All right, hey guys, welcome back to Exodus. We have been plowing through, yes, 41 lessons to this point. Now, here we are specifically, lesson 42. We're halfway through, over halfway through, of the book of Exodus, Exodus 26. And it's been a crazy journey. Just yesterday, we were talking about how the Lord wanted Moses. He's, he's encountering Moses up on the mountain, 40 days, 40 nights. And he says, by the way, Moses, I'm going to show you a pattern. I'm going to show you exactly what I need you to build. I want you to build a sanctuary. It's also known as a tabernacle. I want you to build a tent of meeting. It's also known as a tabernacle of testimony. Four different words. Then you throw in the fifth word, maybe just even a tent. This is what I want you to build. And in the process of building this sanctuary, what we have right here, I got a couple things I want you to specifically build. Why? Because I want to dwell. My presence wants to dwell in this place. No longer are we going to have this whole uh, mountain, no touchable thing. No, I want you to be able to come and experience my presence in the sanctuary. So as a result, in in verse 10 of Exodus 25, he says, I want you to build the Ark of the Covenant. Just for a quick review, Kevin, are you ready for what is inside the Ark of the Covenant? Three things: testimony, which are tablets of the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments, good. The testimony. The jar of the manna. Jar, golden pot of manna. Yep, I'm with you. Later on, Aaron's budding staff. Gosh, way to go! Then on top of, ready, Jeff, for this. On top of the Ark of the Covenant, Rich, you might as well go there if you can. What is it called that's on top of the Ark of the Covenant? What What is this part right here? They put blood on it. It's the mercy seat. Yes. You got a little nervous. I saw that, but you got it. You landed it. Okay. Then on top, uh, addition into the mercy seat. All right. Then he was also told in Exodus 25 verse 23, I want you to build a table of showbread. And so here you have 12 loaves of bread that the priests are going to end up eating. This is their daily manna as well, representing the 12 tribes. Obviously, this is pointing to... Eventually, the bread of life, which is Jesus Christ. But then you also had one more thing that they were told to build in Exodus 25, verse 31. The golden lampstand, the menorah. And, you know, if you guys do Christmas any time, Christmas is red and green. Does anybody know what the Hanukkah colors are when they do that in Christmas? They don't call it Christmas. It's blue. Anyway, we're going to jump into Exodus 26, and it's a continuation, okay, of what he's supposed to construct. So if you can go back to the sanctuary, Rich, of what he's supposed to construct within the tabernacle. So in verse 1, it says, you are to construct the tabernacle itself with 10 curtains. Okay, so basically what you're going to see is 1 through 14, okay, 14 verses, he's going to write about curtains, Awesome. So you're gonna build you're gonna build, you're gonna construct ten curtains. You must make them of finely spun linen. Blue, purple, and scarlet. This color theme you're gonna constantly hear. Blue, purple, and scarlet. I know we'll get it to later on. Those, Yeah, here it is. It's listed blue, purple, and scarlet 20 times in excess. And it's always, from what I can tell, in that order. That's important. We're gonna to get to that here. We're gonna to get to that in a little bit about the purple in between. The blue and the scarlet. It's kind of an interesting approach. So here you have, uh, and scarlet yarn with a design of cherubim worked within them. Now, we didn't get into the whole cherubim thing, but Rich, can you go back to, uh, the mercy seat? Yeah, cause I know we're talking about curtains now, okay? And we don't have a, we don't have a picture of curtains, do we? Uh, no curtains. No curtains. So what you have to know is, is it says in Scripture that I want you to work the design of a cherubim within the curtain. So you have blue, purple, scarlet, and then work within a design of cherubim. It's kind of like glorified wallpaper. I can't believe I just said that on curtains. But I, I, you, you get what I'm saying. You think of a shower curtain, right? It's got these little logos. <laughs> or you do a press conference and you have your little logos. The cherubim is supposed to be worked within it. Now, the cherubim, when you guys think of cherubim, anywhere in Scripture, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Anybody? Holy, holy, holy. Yes. Way to go, Taylor. Ten of these curtains. Make sure you weave in the cherubim. The holy, holy, holy. Did I get that right, Taylor? I want you to weave this in because that's how important. I want you to know they're everywhere I am. Just a simple little thing. But in verse two, the length of each curtain should be 42 feet. And the width of each curtain should be six feet. And all the curtains are to have the same measurements. You guys... Is anybody else blown away that at this time frame they could even do stuff like this? It's not like they had something to plug in. You know, like to cut things or to drill things. just or, wonder what they used as a measuring tape. Yeah, What did they use? They probably used like human beings. This guy's six feet. So then they just, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I've been thinking through this in my head and maybe that didn't come out right. So in verse 3, here you have five of the curtains should be joined together and other five curtains joined together. Now, Rich, can you go back to because I want to show you um, what you're going to see in the bigger picture of the curtains. Verse 4, I want you to make loops of blue yarn on the edge of the last curtain in the first set and do the same on the edge of the outermost curtain in the second set. So what you need to know is he's just describing how to do curtains. Uh continues on in verse 5, make 50 loops on one curtain and make 50 loops on the edge of the curtain in the second set so that the loops line up together. He continues to do this. He talks about in verse 6, I want you to have 50 gold clasps. In 7 then, as he's talking about, well, let me back up. As you make these 50 gold clasps and join the curtains together with the clasps so that the tabernacle may be one, a single unit. Verse 7, he continues on in describing the curtains, but now he says you're to make curtains of goat hair, for a tent over, over the tabernacle, make 11 of these curtains. Okay, so here would be an example of number 11, the curtain of goat hair. Okay, do you see that? It's kind of crazy to me how, how detailed he is. Now, why goat hair? Any, any comments on why the goat hair? Just a, a thought. They had goats <laughs> and, and animals were waterproof. <laughs> Think about a scapegoat. When you think about a scapegoat in Leviticus 16, that was talking about the goat. Everything, all the sins were put on the goat and then they kicked it out. So like everything of this, this mentality of this rich black fa- uh, fabric, highly priced, as Nelson said, it was to hopefully paint a picture about this is now, we're separating ourselves from the evil. We're separating ourselves from, from sinfulness. And by the way, you're supposed to make 11 of these curtains. The length of each curtain is to be 45 feet, and the width of each curtain, 6 feet. Again, what did you say, Rich? How are they going to measure things? <laughs> I don't know. We well, don't know. All 11 curtains... A guy named Cubit. <laughs> a cubit. Yeah, one man. Some guy named Cubit. All 11 curtains are to have the same measurements. In verse 9 and following, he continues to describe what the curtains look like. Join five of the curtains by themselves, and the other six curtains by themselves. Then fold the sixth curtain double at the front of the tent. Continues on in verse ten. Make fifty loops on the edge of one curtain, the outermost in the first set. Make fifty loops. <laughs> just, you know how I always just share my random thoughts. I feel like somebody should say Fruit Loops. And you make fifty Fruit Loops. That that will help you remember these things. Make fifty loops on the edge of the corresponding on the second set, and make sure you do it on the first set. Keep going into verse eleven. Make fifty bronze clasps. Put the clasps through the loops. And join the tent together so that it is a single unit. All of this continues to go back to a single unit. Verse 12 then. Uh, we're almost done with the curtains. As for the flap that is left over from the tent curtains, the leftover half curtain is the hang down over the back of the tabernacle. Continues on in verse 13. The half yard on one side and the half yard on the other is what's left over on the length of the tent curtains. By now, if I'm Moses, I'm like, Lord, can you just slow down for a second? <laughs> The, tur- the curtains should be hanging down over the sides of the tabernacle on either side to cover. It. And finally, in verse 14, make a covering. It says, for the tent from ram skins dyed red and a covering of manatee skins on top of that. Now that manatee skins, Rich, what does your interpretation say then? Badger. Badger skins. So basically you're talking about some form of an animal that it would be waterproof. Manatee, badger, either way, look at this whole thing has to be covered either by a badger or a manatee skin that's going to protect the whole thing. It's kind of a cool picture. And so what you see here is, is that first of all, uh, you have these curtains that are being built, but now in verse 15, we're going to get into, it's not really controversial theologically, it's just a question of what does it look like. We're going to get into boards. So Exodus twenty-six, fifteen through 25, it says, you're to make upright planks of acacia wood for the tabernacle. Okay, basically the question is this, are these boards, as I'm reading this, solid planks or frames? I'll get into what the difference is. The length of each plank is to be 15 feet and the width of each plank, 27 inches. Each plank, and Rich, we are talking about this, must be connected together with two, what, Rich? Tenons. What what is what is a tenon? Give us an example. You have a tenon, but you also have to have a mortise. So a tenon would just be like a protrusion that's notched out of the actual board. It's still part of the initial piece, and then that gets placed into a mortise, which would be the receiving end of the tenon. Let's see if I can do this right, Rich, for you. Yeah. That's what we're saying, right? That is what we're saying. Those are going to come in. So this is what it's talking about in the tenons. I know if you're just listening to this, you can't see this, but... Uh, Anyway, continue on here. It says, do the same for all the planks of the tabernacle. Uh, Keep going. Make the planks for the tabernacle as follows. 20 planks for the south side. Continues on in verse 19. Make 40 silver bases under the 20 planks. Two bases under the first plank for its two tenons. And two bases under the next plank for its two tenons. Continues on. 20 planks for the second side of the tabernacle, the north side. In verse 21. Along with their 40 silver bases, two bases under the first plank and two bases under each plank. And just so you know, some of you are like, why are are we going through this? I'm telling you, if this mattered to God's chosen people in the Old Testament, it should matter to us. I know that sounds weird because you're like, we can blow this off. But the problem is, is I think we've blown off all of the Tanakh and the Torah for too long. We've blown off the, the, the Pentateuch. How on earth does this point us to the Messiah? I'm telling you, as you begin to dig into this, and by the end of this, I promise you, my prayer is that you will be encouraged about how this points to Christ. And I want you to make six planks for the west side of the tabernacle. Verse 23 Three more verses about the boards. Make two additional planks for the two back corners of the tabernacle. Verse 24. They are to be paired at the bottom and joined together at the top in a single ring. So it should be for both of them. They will serve as two corners. And then in verse 25, Scripture just says, there are to be eight planks with their silver bases, 16 bases, two bases under the first plank and two bases under each plank. Now, when you study this and you're talking about these acacia boards, these woods, are they solid planks or are they frames? if they were solid planks here's the discussion nobody really knows 100% about what these boards look like solid or frames but if they were solid then the priest wouldn't be able to see through the colorful curtains hanging down outside of the tabernacle so but if they were if they were solid you couldn't see out well if they're frames you might be there might be a probable chance that you could see through them josephus i'm going to get all heady on you just for one second He says the joints of the boards were invisible and both boards on either side of these joints seemed to be one entire and united wall. And so I'm just telling you, there's this process of, of, uh, yes, they're coming together. But as they're coming together, they might be frames, but not solid. So what you have is 10 verses, 10 to 11 verses of how the Lord wants us to have the strength of the tabernacle. All right. That seems like a lot. It is, trust me. So thanks for hanging in there, okay? We're going to get into three verses of bars, and then we're going to get into the veil. Uh, The bars, he says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to make five crossbars, I'm in verse 26, of acacia wood for the planks on one side of the tabernacle. Have you figured out God loves detail? He loves that when you do something, you do it well. And that's what he continually says in verse 27. He says, five crossbars for the planks on the other side of the tabernacle, and five crossbars for the planks of the backside of the tabernacle on the west. Verse 28, the central crossbar is to run through the middle of the planks from one end to the other. (laughs) Sometimes I think when we get to heaven, the Lord's go, I just want to see if you'd actually teach through this. I just want to see if you'd hang in there. And I feel like I need to. In verse 29, it says this, then overlay the planks with gold and make their rings of gold as the holders for the crossbars. Also overlay the crossbars with gold. You are to set up in verse 30, The tabernacle, remember, the tabernacle means dwelling in his presence to according to the plan for it that you have been shown on the mountain. Moses, I want you to remember in verse 30, I have told you already up on the mountain. I want you to set this up exactly how I've told you to do it. Maybe just part of this whole process is to live based on what it says in in Psalm 119 and Can you go there, Kevin? Psalm 119. We talked about this earlier, Kevin, just on a different study. Psalm 119. Is it 111? Was that what it was, Kevin? Psalm 119. Revive me, O Lord, according to thy word. It might be Psalm 119, verse 25, Kevin. Psalm 19, verse 25. My life is down in the dust. Give me life, through your word many versions say revive me O lord according to your word i just want to see kyle are you going to be obedient to being revived in the word for two years straight even though it's not hard i'm going to give you details of the tabernacle will you just be faithful to walk this through even if it's just a lot of details but i'm telling you when you work through the details he has something way bigger in mind and when you get to verse 31 of exodus uh exodus 26 this is an awesome picture He says, you're to make a veil of blue, purple, and scarlet. There's our three favorite colors. Blue, purple, just write them down. Blue, 20 times, you guys. Blue, purple, blue, purple, and scarlet. Yarn and finely spun linen with a design of cherubim worked into it. There it again. Those guys, the cherubims have worked their ways into this. Hang it onto four golded plates of acacia wood that have gold hooks and that stand on four silver bases. Hang, keep going, hang it on, uh, hang the veil under the clasps Bring the Ark of the Testimony there behind the veil so that the veil will make a separation for you between the holy place and the most holy place. But the mercy seat on the Ark of the Testimony in the most holy place. So the mercy seat, okay, remember this, okay? The mercy seat here is in where? The most holy place, okay? Did I say that right? Yeah, it's in the most holy place. And then you have the lampstand in verse 35, the lampstand and the table They are in what we would just consider the holy place. And so I guess you have, we have it labeled here as the holy of holies. Okay, so the mercy seat is in the holy of holies. And then you have uh, the others in the holy place. So the most holy place is also known as the holy of holies. So now he's telling them, now that you've built this, I want you to put this in those rooms. Now the veil. When we get to the veil, you guys, I've just got to tell you, uh, I'm going to tell you Arthur um, Pink. A.W. Pink, he he describes these colors and you're going to think, man, that's a weird stretch. I'm going to tell you, when I tell you this, I think it's a stretch. But then when you put in scripture behind it, you're like, that might make sense. Blue, okay, the color of blue, okay, it's the color of heaven. Pink also says it gives and it refers to Christ as the son of God. Okay, then you're like, well, where does that come from? How does that work? But just go along here with a second. Then he says the color scarlet is the color of sacrifice and human glory. So here he has Jesus up here, right? I mean, well, I'll just put what he has here. And then here he has, at the same time, he has sacrifice. What's cool about this is then he says it's purple. Uh Uh-oh. You guys ready for this, Rich? I don't know how to... Please, Lord. Please, Lord. Ooh. He's getting there. So when you have, here's what he says, the color, uh, when you have blue and scarlet together, there's a contrast to the eye, like when you put them together. Again, I told you this was a stretch for my mind. He said, but what's interesting is that when when purple uh, is in between, okay, Then all of a sudden, he he feels like there's a blending of the colors. Again, hear me out. So what he says is that when Jesus meets sacrifice, then you have that purple color. Okay, now you can say, ah, that's kind of a weird stretch. But really, you guys, when you think about the veil, the veil is all about Jesus. Blue, purple, scarlet, 20 times in Exodus, blue, purple, scarlet, When you have the blue that represents heaven, when you have it represents Jesus, the scarlet represents a sacrifice, right? When you have it to represent the human glory and you blend these together, you're going to get what he says, a mixture of blending Jesus's natures together. Jesus as the son of God and then Jesus as human who is sacrificing. And then you have this blend. Now watch this. This is, this is, this is cool to me. Kevin, go to Hebrews 10 verse 20. When you get to Hebrews 10 verse 20, it all just kind of starts coming together. By the new and living way that he, meaning Jesus, has inaugurated. So that, that the way that has been inaugurated for us is through the curtain. How, how are we inaugurated through the new way? It's through his, his flesh. So in Hebrews ten twenty, what we're talking about is this veil right here that allows you access to the Holy of Holies. When this veil... Uh, uh, Right now, in this context, it allows you to come into the presence of God. What we're saying now in Hebrews ten twenty is, oh no, now this veil right here, this is the new way to God. This way is through His flesh. And when I look at blue, purple, and scarlet, I say that might not be much of a stretch anymore. It's His flesh that allows us access to the Father. Kevin, if you can, can you go to Matthew 27, verse 50? Matthew 27 verse 50. Matthew 27 verse 50 and following. Jesus shouted again with a loud voice and he gave up his spirit. In verse 51 it then says, Suddenly the curtain of the sanctuary, where we know now the sanctuary is also the tabernacle, okay, we know that the curtain inside was split in two from top to bottom. The earthquake and the rocks were split. So when Jesus, go back to 50, when he gave up his spirit, when his flesh literally was pierced, the scripture says the veil was torn. We now have access to a new covenant. We now have access to the presence of God. Mark 15, if you would, Kevin, verse 37. And then I, I start thinking about Jesus, or God was telling Moses to, build the, to, to construct the veil with blue and purple and scarlet, but he had his son in mind the whole time. And it says the same thing, but I want to reiterate this in Mark 15, 37. But Jesus let a loud cry and breathed his last. And in verse 38, it says this. Then the curtain of the sanctuary was split in two from top to bottom. The veil was torn. You guys, you have to understand something. To the religious, to the Jewish person, The access to the Father is now split and torn. Their religion is done. I want to go one more emphasis because the synoptic gospels, the gospels that see together, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they all paint the same picture. In Luke 23, if you'd go there, verse 45, what you have is the blue and the scarlet coming together, the purple taking form. God the Father meets God the Son. And what you see is an ultimate sacrifice. And it says, because the sun's light failed, the curtain, I love this, The curtain of the sanctuary was split down the middle. Can you go to verse 46 for me, just for a second? And Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I entrust my spirit. Say this, he breathed his last. This amazing, amazing veil that the priests take care of, that the priests are in here taking care of things, and this is the only thing that allows people to access into the Holy of Holies in Jesus just split it it was his flesh and what i am so grateful about this is this has allowed us to get access to the father when i think about wanting to spend time with with the lord i can you go to psalm 27 verse 4 psalm 27 verse 4 this was one of my mentors favorite favorite verses Psalm 27, verse 4, he says, I've asked one thing from the Lord. It's what I desire, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, gazing on the beauty of the Lord and seeking Him in His temple. In the Old Testament, this is all they wanted. They just wanted to spend time with the Lord. And Jesus says, I can give that to you now all the time. Kevin, if you would, go to Psalm 26, verse 8. Psalm 26, verse 8, a psalmist says the same thing. Lord, I love the house where you dwell, the place where where your glory resides. And this is what the psalmist wanted. This is what the Israelites wanted. They want to be, yes, where his glory resides. Well, guess what now? That glory resides in Jesus Christ. The blue and the scarlet and the purple through his flesh. He says, now you can come to me. Another Psalm, Psalm 65, verse four. Psalm 65, verse four, scripture just says this. How happy is the one you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We will be satisfied with the goodness of your house, the holiness of your temple. Well, guess what? That temple, those courts, they're no longer there. Why? Because when you look at the veil, it's split. And Jesus says, I'm the only access now to the courts. I'm it. If you want to come access to the Father, you have to come through me. No longer can the Jew, no longer can the religious orthodox person, no longer can they say, this is what I want because it's not here. Jesus says, I am the only way. I am the access to the Father. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The psalmist says it one more time in Psalm 84, if you'd go there, Kevin, verse 1. Psalm 84, verse 1, Scripture just says this. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord of hosts. Verse 2. I long and I yearn for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. I have to tell you guys, to the Orthodox Jews, they long to be the courts of the Lord. It's not there. It's not there. And if you go to verse 4, that this hunger and this thirst that continues of Psalm 84, how happy are those who reside in your house, who praise you continually? Well, I hate to tell you, there's nothing there right now. Jesus said, I am the veil. I've torn it. You come through me. That's the beauty of this whole thing. That's the beauty of this whole thing. Is all of this points to the Messiah. And it all started with a a mountaintop experience with Moses and God having an encounter. And he says, Moses, I want you to raise up an offering and I'm going to give you the blueprint. I'm going to give you the pattern of what I want it to look like. Why? Because ultimately, I know my son's going to cry out. And I know ultimately my son, when his flesh is pierced, I know that's when that that veil is going to be torn. And I know no longer are they going to reside in that house. They're going to reside through Christ. Multiple times, multiple times. Multiple times the psalmist longed for more and Jesus says, I am more. It's a pretty awesome picture how the tabernacle points to Christ. Kevin, can you go to Colossians 1.19? I love what Wearsby says in this. Colossians 1.19, just, just so you get a full grasp. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Christ. Do you get that? All of his fullness now dwells not in a tent in his son, Jesus Christ. Continues on in Colossians 2.9. Colossians 2.9, where as we just continues this thread, the Apostle Paul says this as well. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ. Do you catch this? Everything of God that we think it has to be through a menorah, we, ha- we think it has to be in a in a showbread, or we think it has to be in the mercy seat. No, no, God says, oh no, now it's in Christ. Continues on in Colossians 1, if you go back, I'm going backwards here, Kevin, Colossians 1 verse, no, Colossians 2, Colossians 2 verse 3. Colossians 2 verse 3, this is a cool picture, because when you come into the, when I think of the tabernacle, the sanctuary, you're walking into something, and, and all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in when you walk in everything, Jesus says you have access through me. But Colossians 3 1 builds this case. Colossians 3 1 just continues to build this. And Colossians 3 1 says, So if you've been raised with the Messiah, seek what is above. Where the Messiah is, seated at the right hand of God. I love that verse. So if you've been raised with the Messiah, seek what is above. Where the Messiah is, seated at the right hand. So if you're seeking Him, You'll find everything. Every single spiritual blessing comes through Christ. Kevin, last one. Ephesians 1, verse 3. Ephesians 1, verse 3, Scripture says, Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ. Ready for this? With every spiritual blessing in the heavens. You don't need to go to a sanctuary. You don't need to go to a tabernacle. You don't need to go to a tent. Jesus says all of the blessings... They now come through Christ. And crazy enough, it started by people being obedient and making a veil. And when that veil was torn, Jesus says, you now come to me. The Holy of Holies now comes through me. I love this. It's Exodus 26. Sometimes it's hard to imagine that through this, the Lord would would point these things out. So sometimes I just want to say, slow down. Slow down in what you're reading. Yeah, we're talking about curtains. Yes, we're talking about boards. Yes, we're talking about bars. Yes, we're talking about the veil. Yes, we're talking about the screen in verse 36 and verse 37, talking about making a screen embroidered with blue, purple, and scarlet yarn. Yeah, we're talking about these different things. But when you look deep enough, I promise you, you'll find the Messiah. He's everywhere because He is the Word of God. You know, it's been a great week, guys. Thanks for hanging in there with us as we've talked through ordinances and judgments and Ten Commandments and weird different rules and 613 different things. Talking about tabernacles, but man, when it's all said and done, (laughs) we all need the purple. The blue and the scarlet come together and that's when we see Jesus working in our lives. Have a great day and guess what? We'll see you.